It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. So Killy Beggs in Donegal is synonymous with seafood and the Shine family has been immersed in the industry for many years and in recent years diversified. I spoke to Kira Shine by Zoom this morning to find out more about the family's food journey. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Kira, great to meet you on Zoom this morning. You are part of Shine's Seafood, which is based up in Killy Beggs in Donegal. Just tell us how the company started. Uh, good morning. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, the company started long before we started selling tuna. Um, it originally started with my mom and dad, John and Marianne, opening a fresh fish shop in Killy Beggs in the early 90s, which didn't actually work as well as you may have thought. I suppose there was such an abundance of fresh fish in Killy Beggs at the time. There was no real value on it, which was, was quite, quite interesting. So the fish shop quickly diversified into a fish and chip shop, which became the bread and butter for myself, my two younger sisters as pocket money all throughout. Well, even before we were getting paid, but <laughs> throughout school, throughout college, right up until May 2016, when we sold that business to pursue what we had started working on, which was um, wild Irish albacore tuna. It really started off as a need for us and a want for us to taste a product that we tried many years ago in the Basque country in the north of Spain. Um, my mum, and when she met my dad, she was um, Spanish. She was working for a Spanish fish buying company in Kitty Beggs, and dad was a fisherman. So they still have really close connections and, and friends in the Basque country. But dad rang Faustino one night and he says, the girls, you know, they've been talking about the tuna that you used to send over and we used to, to eat and how your mother used to cook it. And he went on and on and on. And Faustino started laughing. He couldn't, he could hardly hatch his breath. The man was laughing that hard. He goes, that's your stuff. He goes, that's Irish albacore tuna. We've been catching it in your waters for years and you don't know anything about it. He informed us about it. You know, it was Irish waters and that the Irish fishing boats catch it as well. But that until that point, they'd been selling it to, to, to people on the continent, basically. So I always remember saying to dad, God, if we could never make a business of this, We'll just try and get it for ourselves. We'll we'll keep it in the fridge and don't tell anybody about it. We used to call it our best secret or Ireland's best kept secret. We moved quite quickly after that initial idea. Um, Mum and dad got in touch with the local enterprise office who had just started the Super Values Food Academy program, which has been quite successful over the last number of years. And it was it was our first stepping stone into into releasing what, what we now have today, which started off as a range of, well, it wasn't even a range. It couldn't be called a range. It was one product. <laughs> it was the Irish albacore tuna jar in loins and olive oil, which was a first for Irish consumers. And to this day, there are still people that would never buy tuna in a jar. Uh, so that led on to our second product, which was a smaller quantity in a tin. And as they say, one, two, skip a few. We're here eight years later with a range of 17 retail products, 13 of which are are in stores. So that that's kind of how it started. That's how it got going. Um, I got involved quite early on and have never looked back. I'm, I'm delighted to be involved in the family business and that I didn't have to move too far away from home. 
And before we hear more about the full product range now and how the company has expanded over the years, was it always your intention to come into the business or did you go to college after school? I always say that I, I started from the age of about five or six as chief pot scrubber and worked my way up in the chip shop to sort of co-manager at about the age of 16. And that's not even a, a lie or a, a metaphor or any of those words that I make up. I'll never forget when dad was 16, an uncle of his sadly passed in the States that he was quite close with. And with a small family business and a, and a local business, you know, we didn't have many staff. We all depended quite highly on each other and we all worked quite well together. Dad had to go and I, I was 16 and I managed the takeaway for the few days. Obviously, I wasn't like left there completely on my own with not knowing what to do. Like my mum was there and the other staff were there and my sisters were there. But it was at that point that I kind of knew, right, well, I'm, I'm actually quite good at this. Like, yes, I'm 16. And there was a lot of people being like, what the hell, who does she think she is kind of a thing. But it was so natural to me. It wasn't forced. I wasn't trying to fill shoes that I couldn't fill. It was that's just the way it was. No more than you see children of maybe people that live in the country or farmers being able to drive tractors from the age of 10. Like, it's just something that that, that they can do um, or People going off fishing at the end of the pier when they're seven and eight as well. You see that as well. <laughs> um, so I, as I said, always worked there. And then I went to college in Sligo. So Sligo is only about an hour and 15 minutes from Kitty Beggs. And my college choice was pretty much surrounded around that I wanted pocket money. I'd seen older friends of mine going to college years ahead of me. And they were always broke. They were always spending hours and hours on buses every weekend going home on up and down from Dublin and Cork and Limerick. Some of them had jobs where they went to college. Some of them were coming home to work for a few hours on a Saturday and going back again. And I kind of knew it didn't make sense. And I was fortunate enough that at the time I had got my driving license. So I had a car. So I decided to go to college in Sligo. I worked and I always also joke that I used to work when I was in college, work three days a week and go to college five days a week. Uh, because I would do a double shift on a Saturday and a Sunday, and I would work on a Friday evening when I came back from college as well. So I was always there, and I was a real integral part of it. And like I'm the eldest of three girls, and not that we don't have, we all have a good relationship with dad, but I'm the closest with dad and always have been. So I always really enjoyed it. I was always there, and I, I never intended on staying around. I really, really didn't. I wanted to go off further to college. I wanted to have a job somewhere else. I applied for every graduate program on the planet. Um, I, I did I did the honours level business and marketing in Sligo. And I loved every minute of it. It was so close to home. It was such a nice, a nice community that we had there. And I'm still quite quite close with lecturers and friends that I made there. After I finished college, I applied for what seemed like hundreds of jobs. Like you, you can't even imagine. And it was one job in particular that I'd applied for in Galway that I, I'd been called back for a second interview and I was quite hopeful that I would get it. And it was um it was a uh, it was a management role of, of a couple of different sites. I was really like they called me back for a second interview. They really liked my experience in the family business. And then at the time, the, the, the tuna business had just sort of started. And I, I ended up speaking a lot about that in the interview. On the second interview, I could have killed the lady, actually, but she probably put me on the right path at the same time. She'd taken me back to Galway for the second interview. And she says, why, why are you not pursuing this thing with your family business? I'm saying to her, well, I'm applying for this bloody job. This is what I want to do for a while. And she's like, yeah, she's like, no, I don't think you're suitable for the job. You don't have enough multi-site experience. And I think you'd be wasting an opportunity if you didn't follow this with your family. 
So I says, right, okay. Not that she'd given me an option. I was still stuck with the family business and that the job that I had. I was also working two other part-time jobs. I was working at a fish counter and I was working in a hairdresser's, which I absolutely adored. So long story short, in, when we sold the chip shop, I went full-time into the tuna business. And yeah, it just kind of happened naturally. And the fact that now, like I'm living in Leitrim now and I'm still only an hour away from Kitty Beggs. Like I'm, I'm, I work from my home office sort of Tuesday mornings and Thursday mornings and do my three full days in Kitty Beggs. But I do have quite a nice work-life balance as as it turns out (laughs) so that interviewer actually set you on the right path you didn't know it at the time but she really did you a favor she kind of did yeah like I obviously maybe she was using it as a good excuse not to employ me in any case but I was clearly quite passionate about the business in its infancy at that stage and she picked up on it and she's like what this sounds amazing she's like why aren't you going with this and at the time I was thinking, well, this is a very well paid job. And, you know, I want to get rid of the three part time jobs that I currently have. And I always say to people as well, it was very strange that when we made the decision to sell the fish and chip shop to work on this full time. And then when I made the decision shortly after that to, to to resign, basically, from the other jobs that I had, I just I felt so weird. I was like, I now only have one job to focus on. <laughs> and I hadn't had that before. <laughs> Well, the company has certainly gone from strength to strength since it started. And you've talked about the albacore tuna. Just explain what are the different types of tuna? Because I know you do wild Irish tuna as well. So what's the difference between that tuna and the albacore tuna? The albacore tuna is the Irish tuna. So I suppose there's there's a couple of different species of, of, of tuna in the world that would be broadly known so we sell albacore tuna and yellowfin tuna and they would be the most highly regarded worldwide effectively um unless like obviously bluefin tuna they're the huge huge tuna that make the media all the time um that's usually that's that's highly prized in in the likes of japan where they would maybe pay up to a million dollars for the first tuna of the season now that's usually quite a theatrical piece and it obviously makes the news and all the rest of it um so we sell Irish albacore tuna, which is white tuna. They're like a big, they're like a small salmon, basically. They're only about 10 kilos maximum each, if at all. They're usually a bit smaller. And then the yellowfin tuna, uh, they're not Irish. They're not caught in Irish waters. They're fished in the Indian Ocean, um, another very well-managed fishery. And we brought that product in just to extend the range and just to give people another option. Um, it's quite funny. Uh, an Australian chef told us a story that in Australia, they use albacore tuna as bait for yellowfin tuna because they've got a higher regard for yellowfin tuna so it's just they're a very similar they're very similar in quality and taste and texture and then the other types the the most generic tuna i suppose that's used for supermarket grade is a tuna called skipjack tuna uh, it's much softer it's a, it's in much smaller pieces and it can be described as aggressively fishy and a lot of people would sort of put mayonnaise on it to, to calm it down um so the Irish albacore tuna, alba as in albino means white. It's it's it, it's very white. It's very pale in the jar. Um, it's beautiful to look at. Even nicer to eat. And I've had so many people say to me, "Oh, is that is that chicken that I've just eaten? Are you, are you sure that's tuna?" And I'm not comparing it to chicken, but when it's compared to the supermarket grade tunas, it's that different. Like I've I've converted so many people. I love when someone says to me at a tasting. I don't really like tuna you know it's it's not for me yes 
challenge. <laughs> and nine times out of 10, they'll try it and they're just completely stumped. Um, so what makes it so much tastier, I suppose, is the next natural question most people would ask me is because it's a different species, it, it's going to taste different. Like why does salmon taste different to cod? Well, yes, they're fish, but they're different types of fish. And what makes the albacore tuna exceptionally tasty is one, the water that it swims in is quite cold, so it makes the meat quite firm. Fish caught in warmer waters can tend to be softer. And um, because this fish, they're a migratory species, they actually start, they, they spawn and they have their young in the Sargassa Sea over by the Bermuda Triangle. And then they come the whole way across the Atlantic and they come into the Bay of Biscay and the Canterbury Sea. And it's there that they actually eat their anchovies, their pilchards, their squid, their mackerel. And as they move up along the coast, then up into the southwest coast of Ireland, actually in their prime. It's like they've been training, they've been on their journey, they've had all their protein shakes. <laughs> and, and now they are in their absolute prime. And we're so fortunate to have them in their prime when they're in the Irish waters, caught on the Irish quota by Irish fishermen and women. And that's what makes them so exceptional. And even then, you'll find an awful lot of Spanish and French fishermen will, will wait to catch their quota of albacore tuna when they're in Irish waters. Now, it's all, it's a very well managed European fishery. So we can only, I suppose, catch, catch what, what we're allowed in our quota. Um, but it's interesting that when, when it makes it as far as us, that it's the best. So do you partner them with local fishermen in Killybegs? Is that where everything is landed? No, actually, the only registered port for this fish to be landed in Ireland is Castletown Bear in Cork. So if the boats are closer to that port than they are to maybe some of the ports in Spain, They'll land, they'll, they'll land to whichever port they're, they're closest to because it just makes economic sense, basically. There's no point in them using more, more fuel to go to Castletown Bear if they're closer to some of the ports in Spain. Um, all the, these products are actually processed in the north of Spain and in the Basque country. Uh, it's where the biggest market for it is and whatever product isn't used of the Irish quota, the, the, Spanish, uh, the Spanish factories will, will use that then as well for themselves. So we, are, we do partner with the boats. Yes, we do. Um, dad knows most of them by first name and they actually buy the tuna back off us then when it's done now it's heavily discounted in some cases we don't want to charge them at all um, but they like they, they, they love it the way that they see like that what do they call it the circular economy basically it's coming right back to them again so we keep in contact with the boats when when they go out so the season for the albacore tuna is quite short it's only about six weeks and it depends when, when they make their way as far as us basically any time between the end of beginning to middle of August and sometimes right up as far as, as, as October and it just like that it, it depends when they when they show up basically they don't they don't book in a time slot or anything it's whenever they're ready so dad keeps in touch with the fishermen all the time basically when, when they're out they're always sending us photographs of their progress photographs of the catch and it's, it's a really interesting relationship and lovely relationship that we have with them and our tuna in particular because it is in a glass jar they need to be short catches, not too big a haul. And because the fish is displayed in the jar, we don't want bruised fish. Now, it's not always avoidable. And obviously there's nothing wrong with bruised fish, but the visual for a lot of our range, we need to know that that our product has, has been handled quite well. And, and it is. And uh, the, all the Irish fishing, tuna fishing boats are also, they're part of what's called FIP, a fishery improvement project. And that's backed by BIM, Bordish Goara, the Irish Seaboard. 
And it means that every single element of the the fishing, the the the, the gear on the boats, uh, right down to that there's fair fair wage for everybody on the boats. Like it's a really all encompassing goal and target set for for the fishery um, to make it as sustainable and well managed as possible. So we're actually involved in that as well. And as I said, the boats are involved in that too. So when when the fish is caught, as I said, if it's landed into Castletown Bay, depending on where they how how close to the how close to the different ports they've caught it, they'll land it there and then it'll be shipped by road, which is obviously why you can understand if they're actually closer at the time to some of the Spanish ports that they'll head down that way and land it. It also means they usually get a few days in the Basque country to have a bit of a break from their fishing. So I couldn't blame any of them for wanting to do that. And my goodness, it is stunning down there. If you were ever looking for somewhere for a short break, San Sebastian in the north of Spain is incredible. But anyway, uh, when it goes there, we've actually partnered with a, a factory there as well. They're our business partners and they do all the production for us. Now, these factories are processing these products 365, 24-7. Um, and when we started off initially and possibly even to date, we would never have been able to afford or have the skilled labor force to have a factory or a facility in kitty bags and um, which was always something that we were kind of we never really spoke about it all that much but the level of skill that these people have in the Basque country and their passion for fish could never be replicated anywhere in the world so we're very proud to partner with them um, and we also um, they do all of our tuna and then our range of sardines and mackerels which are now Irish as well uh, which we're very proud of. So we're slowly with every product we release coming closer and closer to home and keeping things closer and closer to us. And I would like to, I think every product that we have is, is equally as sustainable. Um, but lowering our carbon footprint is mean, means quite a lot to us. And I've had so many people challenge me on that statement saying, would you process some of your stuff in Europe? I'm like, that's fine. Yeah, but all of our products combined have a lower carbon footprint than any other seafood product in that canned fish category. And that's also something around, as I said at the start, educating people and encouraging people to, to try new things and to try products that are Irish or that are more locally sourced or sourced within Europe. And geez, you know yourself, all those products are out there and we've got some fantastic stuff in this small little country. You've talked about the tuna in the jar and I've also seen some of your products that are in tins. So just talk us through the product portfolio. So what's quite funny is when I said first that we didn't have a range to launch, we had our individual product, which is quite true. It, we actually, our mindset at the time was, well, do you know what? We have a premium product that's in a glass jar. It ticks all the boxes um, from where we want to come as a, as, as a company and our core values as people and not just as a company. And one of those things was, oh, we'll never do tinned fish. We'll never put fish into a can, you know. And through doing tastings and meeting our customers initially, a lot of people were very afraid to change their, their buying habits. And there were a lot of people that thought, oh, goodness, that jar, it'll be a lot for me. You know, people living on their own or people maybe that don't like, like everyone's a terror for putting something in the fridge for later and you forget about it. Like it's it, it's a killer. I hate doing it. Um, so we knew when we started off that we needed to sort of go, go big or go home kind of a thing. Like it was a it was a big price point difference. The, the canned fish category had never seen any sort of a, a stir up or a shake up since before we came along probably in the last 20 30 years and we then we, we kind of had to sort of bend over ever so slightly and say well do you know what if you're putting good fish into a can you'll get good fish out of a can so we brought it up in, in a tin as well we wanted to do it differently 
So we put it in a box. So at that point, we, we had two products, two Irish albacore tuna products. And we thought, yes, we, we've done it. But a series of sort of semi-unfortunate events led to the launch of our yellowfin jar, which wasn't an Irish product, but again, very premium, very high end. And it was coming in at slightly better value. So we were thinking, right, okay, so we're broadening the range. We're making the, the price proposition a little bit more palatable for certain people. And we're still not the cheapest tuna on the shelf. And we don't aim to be the cheapest product on the shelf. And then we subsequently brought that one out in the tin. So like, yes, we had four products. And we kind of sort of stopped at that. Uh, so we had four products. We brought out a tuna in water and sort of like tipping away new different products. And then COVID kind of came on us quite quickly. And the supermarkets couldn't get sardines anymore. They were struggling to get a range of sardines that they'd got for years. And they rang us and like, John and Kira, you know, can you get us sardines? So we did. Um, we had a product on shelf within three and a half weeks. That's a short scale. And that was just an example of if somebody wants something, you can get something done quite quickly. And that again, broadened the range again. And then macro was a natural progression after that because, um, well, dad actually was struggling to get pinned macro that he really liked. And a little story about macro is that Mackerel that is winter mackerel uh, is exceptional. Uh, the fat content in mackerel caught in the winter is just like you would swear someone had put a lump of butter on your mackerel, whether it comes out of a tin or not. It's just, it's incredible. And I suppose with each product, no more than the albacore tuna that I explained, the Irish one and the, the yellowfin having all their sort of credentials for being quite quite high quality, for being very high quality and being very tasty. Uh, all of our products have, have key USPs and sort of non-negotiables for us. So our sardines, which I'll explain about in a minute, are only Irish. They're all caught by small inshore boats all around the country. The first two batches we had, we saw them being landed in Killy Bags, which was so special for us. And the mackerel, as I was saying, we only use winter mackerel. Basically, that's, that's how we got to the range of the sardines and the mackerel. Now, the initial sardines we started off with, we uh, changed that product over to the Irish ones then. Um, we weren't able to get Irish ones immediately off the bat. And obviously when COVID kicked off, it was sort of a, you get what you can and, and, and you work with it. So we did have a very good sardine when we started. And now we've got one that's 20 times better. And it's it's very special. Well, you've talked a bit about customers and introducing them to new products and changing their minds about the Irish version of them. And of course, it's like, it's a great store cupboard ingredient to have. And also, it does look like a premium product whenever you see it in the packaging and everything. The brand inside of it is just fantastic. So in terms of uses then, like it isn't a matter of just open the tin and eat it as it is. Because I've seen on your website, you have a great array of recipes there. We do. And I'm actually very, very slowly working on um, working on gathering up. A lot of my recipes and my serve, I call them serving suggestions. Like I'm not a chef. I don't have a cooking background, but I think the term, uh, there's a fine line between a serving suggestion and a recipe, but I'm gathering them together. So watch this space. Um, our products are so incredibly versatile. And anyone that asks me questions about how to use them or service suggestions, the first thing I usually say is, yeah, get, get a big fork and don't and go into a dark room and stay there by yourself. Because if anybody else in the house gets a taste of this, you know, you're going to have to share it. So that's usually the first service suggestion. Dad always says to people, if you're going to put mayonnaise on it, give it back to me. <laughs> but now in fairness, you, you you do, if you're putting it into a sandwich because it's so meaty and so firm, 
to make it spread a little bit easier, you may need to add a little bit of mayonnaise, but a bit of lemon juice and a bit of mayonnaise, Bob's your uncle, you're away with anything you want. But the main thing that I try to get across to people with seafood in general, because even though obviously we have a range of seafood products, um, we're extremely passionate about the seafood industry. Like dad's coming from a fishing background. He's seen the good, the bad and the ugly, and he sees what's happening out there at the minute. And it's not very nice. I try to get this point across about any fish that you can get your hands on. Pretend it's a piece of, of chicken. Pretend it's a piece of beef. People have this thing in their head that fish has to be done a certain way. They have this thing in their head that it's difficult or I don't know how to cook fish, all the rest of it. It's so simple. It's it's so simple. And if you don't want to cook that piece of cod or if you don't want to cook that piece of cake or if you're afraid of cooking fish or if it's just you don't like the smell in the house, all of these are very valid points. So what I usually say to people then as well, you know, canned fish is another good option. But I always remember for years when I was working actually at a fish counter, obviously I had no means of cooking any of the produce on, on the counter. It was all fresh and raw. I would bring my little box of salad or potatoes or pasta. I would throw a jar of tuna into it or the tin of mackerel. But our products are so versatile. I've just done up a list there of, of other ways you can use our products. So I actually have leftover mash in my fridge currently. And that is going to my daughter, Rio in about two hours time with a load of tuna put in it and that's it sometimes i'll put a mash a bit of broccoli into it for her or whatever just so she doesn't see it like that is just the most wholesome thing that i could think of eating if there was more spuds in the fridge i'd be eating it for my lunch as well but that's what she's having i put it on pizza i put it in pasta there's obviously the big fancy salads that you can put it in that's totally fine you can put it in stir fries you can obviously put it in wraps you can but, oh, it's amazing in an omelette with feta cheese. So yeah, when people get stumped for what to use it for, obviously, like you said, you can go to our website um, and have a look at some of the funky recipes that are there. Our Instagram page, look at posts we've been tagged in. We have a range of um, with loads of different ambassadors, brand ambassadors, and they are just out of this world when it comes to developing recipes and new serving suggestions. And there's absolutely loads that, that, that can be done. And like that, things people wouldn't always think of because... The vast majority of people are a little bit afraid of fish. And the other thing that you should probably mention, Kira, is that fish is very high in protein. So if someone wants to get more protein into their diet, like an athlete, for example, then fish is perfect to achieve that. A lot of other meats can be quite hard for the body to digest. And fish is such a really easy to digest protein. And like that for athletes, like I've got a friend, actually, he's, he's from Cabin. He buys it off me by the case. And he just says, this is so great for after after I've been playing Gaelic or after I've been doing this, that and the other. And there's like nearly 28 grams of protein per 100 grams of our Irish albacore tuna. Friends that are big into training, whether it's football or different sporting events, they always say it's just the quickest, handiest thing after they've come back from the gym. Something that my dad always says, he describes our products as healthy fast food definitely a handy one to have in the press like you said yourself absolutely and you've mentioned the super value food academy and your online shop so tell us where the products are available from so we're available uh throughout the republic we're available in every super value duns and tesco's um, the vast majority of stores now have our product in the canned fish section uh, when we were involved more so in the food academy at the start because we, we graduated from that which was quite a proud day and um, most stores some stores in super values in, in the republic will have us on their food academy fixture 
and on the seafood category, which is fantastic to have more than one location in stores. Um, we're in many, many, many small independent retailers. And I, I can't not give them a mention because they're some of our biggest supporters among the likes of Super Value and Duns and Tesco's as well. We can't leave anybody out. Um, and then in Northern Ireland, we're slowly reaching more and more stores. We have a new distributor up there who's going to lots of independent stores and farm shops. But it is becoming more widely available in Northern Ireland as well. And then our website, we ship nationwide. We use DPD and they are unbelievably good to us. All of our ambassadors have 25% off discount code that you can find all throughout Instagram. So I would encourage anybody who would like to have a taste to go and find those codes. They're not that hard to find. It's not like the golden ticket for, for when you want the chocolate factory, but it's a nice we want to get. <laughs> Well, listen, Kira. it's been great to hear all about your family business, a great success story, and I wish you continued success. And thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you very much. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM.